Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. Uh, Big show today. Princess Cruises celebrating their 50th anniversary with the Love Boat cast. And our West Coast correspondent, Jason Coleman, standing by live on location. So we'll talk to him in just a couple of seconds. Uh, Before we get to Stuart here on the Cruise Guy, I do want to tell you all about Cruise Radio News. It's our Facebook page and also our podcast, Cruise Radio News, with quick hits of the news. Uh, Find it right there, just like you hear this show. Let's go to Jason Coleman now over in Los Angeles. Hey, Doug, it's Jason Coleman calling in from the World Cruise Center at the Port of Los Angeles. I'm getting ready to board the Pacific Princess for the 50th anniversary Love Boat celebration. It's 50 years to the day that Princess Cruises was founded, and they've got all kinds of activities planned for today. The cast of the original Love Boat series is here. Uh, We've got company executives from Princess Cruises. Uh, They're celebrating all kinds of things. Their new campaign, Come Back New, their partnership with Curtis Stone, uh, the Chocolate Cruises, Entertainment by Stephen Schwartz. It's going to be a great day. I'll be sending updates and pictures throughout the day, so stay tuned. Thank you, Jason. We'll check back in with you in just a few minutes. Now it's time for Cruise News with Stuart Sheeran, the Cruise Guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Busy day. 50th anniversary for Princess Cruises happening as we speak. Well, it seems like it's an ongoing celebration. <laughs> you may remember that the 50th celebration year for Princess Cruises began at the Regal Princess uh, a year ago. So this has been one long uh, 50th uh, anniversary celebration. So they reunited the crew again, and uh, they were there to celebrate the, I guess it's the actual 50th anniversary of the launch of Princess Cruises back in 1965. Going from the love boat to Margaritaville, a lot of angry Norwegian cruise line passengers last week when they announced that they are charging for Margaritaville now. So they basically reversed their free restaurant and now may, uh, they're making it a a la carte restaurant. It's a shame. I mean, you know, Carnival did a great job with Guy Fieri's Burger Joint. The previous space on Norwegian Getaway, I mean, exactly the same space, never has any problems. But, you know, I guess uh, you know, people are looking for some, some excitement, some Margaritaville. Uh, who knows how long it will last. You remember some restaurants... Um, were free, wound up with a surcharge, and then they wound they wound up going back to free when uh, it kind of lost its allure. Still cheaper than a land-based Margaritaville, but a lot of angry Norwegian passengers, Stuart. Yeah, I dug it. And, and maybe those prices are to start. I mean, if people are paying that and being happy about it, maybe they'll, uh, they'll charge them even more money. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> some not-so-good news here for Princess Cruises' Grand Princess uh, over in Hawaii. What happened here? Well, there was a small electrical fire, and unfortunately, it was affecting the propulsion. The ship got into Honolulu, and unfortunately, they at that point, they canceled the sailing. Mm-hmm. So essentially, they offered the passengers, um, they, they could a full refund, so they got 100% of their money back. They can, and then they had the option of whether they wanted to stay on board the ship as it made its way back to San Francisco, uh, arriving back uh, on December 10th, or... Uh, Princess could uh, Princess will fly them home from Honolulu back to San Francisco. So uh, I mean they have some nice options. Uh, you, know, you know, being in Honolulu for a couple of days uh, is it, look it's one of my favorite places. Mm-hmm. 
But, uh, you know, if people want to take another five, six days uh, at sea uh, and enjoy uh, uh, you know, their free cruise, uh, they might as well. The Broadway show Grease coming to Harmony of the Seas and Independence of the Seas. Seeing a lot of shows like this, um, Legally Blonde for one, is this a big deal? Well, in, in Mamma Mia, I mean, the Broadway shows, I mean, this that was a smash, you know, uh, hit on Broadway. The movie was humongous. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll do fantastically well on both Royal Caribbean ships. I'm still waiting for Phantom of the Opera, as are millions of other uh, <laughs> cruise passengers. Oh, I'm sure. We're wondering yeah. who is going to be the uh, one to bring Phantom of the Opera to the to, to the high seas. So, but uh, I think it has something to do with probably a very high co- uh, high cost licensing fee. I bet MSC will do it. Yeah, sure. You don't think so? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I think they they have just enough balls to do something like that. I think. Yeah, and they'll do it in Italian. There's <laughs> <laughs> that. Uh, Fathom, of course, the social impact Carnival Corp line that, that was uh, launched over the summer. It's almost like they're having a big liquidation sale over there. Is this off to like maybe them not selling a lot and they're off to a slow no, start? I, Doug, it's it's uh, they're offering their their wave away season early. I okay. Mean, it's. I mean, they're only. I mean, for inside ocean view, balcony and suites. I mean, they're offering a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, or four hundred dollars off uh, mm-hmm. the pricing. So if the starting pricing was nine eighty four, uh, they're offering a discount of a hundred dollars to eight eighty four. So I mean, they're not giving it away by any means. Yeah. For a seven day cruise, and I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to spur interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, you know it, it could use uh, as much attention. Uh, I, I really hope that there's there's a lot of people that will take advantage of it because it's a great ship, and it's going to be a wonderful program for people that like those kinds of uh, travel activities. I mean, yeah. you'll, you'll have a way to make an immediate impact on people's lives, and it's very enriching when you see, you know, how hard these people are. You know, one how hard their lives are, mm-hmm. and and you know. Considering everything that goes, you know, goes on here in the states, when everybody wants it and they want it now, and they don't want to have to work for it, or they want someone else to work for it and give them the money for it, but down there in the Dominican Republic, there's a lot of communities that, um, you know, really need help, and to see that, you know, these people, you know, doing things on their own, uh, it's it's wonderful to go down and, and help and create sustainability. It's it's like again you're not you're, you're you're teaching them how to fish. Yeah, yeah, and it, this isn't for everybody. So this is not like your your average seven day Caribbean cruise. No, and and for people it's it's you know there's people Doug that want to give more than just their money. They they're they're looking for you know volunteer tourism, which is very popular. Mm-hmm. And and here you can do it on a on a five and a half star ship. It's it's very it's a safe way to do it, and you're eating good food. And you know, making a difference in someone else's life immediately. It's not uh, something that's going to take two, three weeks. And the the lectures that they're going to provide, the education they're going to provide, is going to be fulfilling for a lot of people that like that kind of travel. Yeah, uh, my sister and her two nieces are going on a mission trip actually next week to the DR. And if this line was launched right now, they would have taken this because. Kelly has been to the DR a couple of times, and back to what you were saying about feeling safe and eating good, there, there are some issues down there when you're doing land-based work. Well, in, in, in any of these kinds of tours, Doug, I mean, when you, you know, it's like you, you want to go for you know, storm relief or, or different things, or you go to Africa or, or wherever, there's, you know, some people don't want to have to sleep in a tent, they don't want to have to have bad food, and they don't have to be concerned about their safety. 
Yeah, it, and Fathom hits all these points uh, to provide you know a, a significant experience for people that are looking for that. And if you want to see what the Adonia looks like, I'm sure Gene Sloan has a carousel somewhere on the USA Today site of photos. <laughs> right? I'm sure we could uh, get him to do it. And uh, you know what, Doug? I'll, I'll actually send you a, a really nice 40-second uh, video that I've actually used on TV that really... Uh, a couple of videos that really kind of give people an idea of what this is really about. Awesome. And, and I really, you know, recommend people giving it a, you know, giving it a view. Before we go here, Stuart, we got a listener question from Roger. He says, should I be worried about my Mediterranean cruise next summer because of all these travel warnings? Well, Doug, the, the, the cruise lines are always monitoring the uh, travel warnings. They're, they're always monitoring the port safety because, look, they're not going to bring their ships nor jeopardize passenger safety by taking their ships and passengers into uh, harm's way. It's not going to happen. Paris is a long way from where the Mediterranean cruises are going between, let's say typically between Barcelona and Rome or Barcelona and Venice, uh, doing the Greek islands, uh, Italy, Turkey. uh, And if you're Bodrum and uh, uh, Kushalasi, Turkey are still on itineraries while Istanbul has been removed from a lot of itineraries, mm-hmm. um, so it's I, I, I would not, not hesitate. But right now, I would not hesitate to go to the, you know the Mediterranean. In fact, I'm I am planning to go with my family to the Mediterranean uh, on on a few different ships this this summer, and and based on what's going on, I would strongly encourage people to continue with their plans, and and don't let these guys you know make negative impacts in your life. There's Paris is a long way away from those Mediterranean cruises and should not have any impact. It was like years ago when Egypt and Tunisia were, were having impact, and it's like, guys, look at the map. Mm-hmm. These Mediterranean sailings are going nowhere near right. the northern coast of Africa. Now, there were some sailings on cruise lines that may not be too well um, uh, traveled by North Americans, like, like Costa uh, or MSC, for example, but, um, I mean, the, the typical itineraries between Barcelona and, and Venice or, or Rome are not anywhere near these dangerous areas. So, so these areas are not anywhere near the, uh, you know, Paris or some of the other regions that, that, that some people may be concerned about. So I would definitely continue with your plans. We've been talking with Stuart Sheeran, the Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, man. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Every day, thousands of cruisers set sail to the Caribbean and are increasingly choosing their shore excursions through CruisingExcursions.com. Why Cruising Excursions? With prices up to 60% lower than cruise lines, around-the-clock customer service, and guarantees that give you a peace of mind, why not? So whether you're looking to zip line in Jamaica, snorkel in Nassau, or see Mayan ruins in Mexico, market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com has you covered. 
Book your family's next shore excursion at cruisingexcursions.com. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Hey, Doug, it's me again giving you an update on the 50th anniversary Love Boat celebration of Princess Cruises. We just finished the anniversary luncheon. Uh, the cast of the Love Boat was all there. Gavin McLeod did a special tribute. The mayor of Santa Clarita was on hand to present uh, uh, Princess President Jan Schwartz with December 3rd Princess Days in Santa Clarita. There was also a proclamation by the County of Los Angeles uh, honoring December 3rd as Princess Days. It was a really terrific celebration luncheon. We even had special dessert prepared uh, from the Chocolate Journeys uh, um, cruises. So a, spenta- a spectacular event. Um, I'm up on the pool deck right now where the cast is being interviewed for a TV segment before Pacific Princess sets off on a reunion voyage hosted by the cast of the Love Boat. It's a cruise I should have been on. We'll talk to you soon, Doug. Me too, Jason. Me too. Thanks for checking in. We'll talk with you in just a little bit again one last time here. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have a review you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. James just returned from a seven-night Bermuda cruise out of Norfolk, Virginia on Carnival Splendor, and he's on the line right now. How's it going, James? Going great. Very nice. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Before we get to Carnival Splendor itself, let's take a step back and give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail Carnival Splendor out of Norfolk? Norfolk being the home port was a big thing for us because we live in Virginia Beach and it's close by. We've sailed out of there before and had a great experience and just love sailing out of our own home. But also we've cruised with Carnival before and have really enjoyed their ships. As far as a price point goes, was it a pretty good deal sailing uh, out of a home port for you? It was, but only because we booked it early. Norfolk gets a limited number of sailings every year. Mm -hmm. So typically they sell out and the prices go up. So we booked it the day it was announced okay. and it was a very reasonable fare. By the time it sailed, there were people paying about four times what we did. Oh, wow. That's always an awkward conversation too when you're at dinner time or talking <laughs> to people and you're like, oh yeah, I paid two fifty nine, but we paid a thousand dollars. You can't win. Yeah, we, we talked to somebody in one of the hot tubs like that and they, they were really excited that they'd gotten on board for eight hundred dollars a person and we're just like, Oh, we we <laughs> we did better than that. Yeah, exactly. We won't tell you. Uh nice. Well uh, since you live there in Norfolk or in the area or Virginia Beach, getting to the cruise pier was a breeze for you. So let's talk about embarkation. They have a fairly new cruise terminal there. How was embarkation for you in Norfolk? It was fabulous. We took the uh, Tide, which is the light rail system here. We just had somebody drop us off at the nearest station, rode it in. There's a station about two blocks from the cruise terminal. We got there at 10 in the morning. They officially didn't start until 1230, but we figured, you know, it's a great downtown area. So Mm -hmm. if they weren't boarding yet, we'd just drop our bags off. But when we got there, we gave the porter our bags and decided to go up to the upstairs area of the cruise terminal, which is where the line forms. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were already starting to check people in. So they checked us in. They got us through security. We got our sail and sign cards and they sat us down in a waiting area. And by noon, we were on the ship. How long was it from curb to ship, would you say? Probably about an hour. Okay. And most of that time was just you know, waiting for waiting. them to actually open up the ship to new passengers. The actual process of going through security and, you know, getting the sail and sign card, getting checked in took maybe 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Not bad at all. So you make your way on board Carnival Splendor. What were your first impressions? Kind of blown away. The ship is really over the top. You know, lots of really bold colors with blacks and pinks and purples. It has that traditional Carnival atrium that goes up like 
you know, 10 or 11 decks. Mm -hmm. The lighting was awesome. It was just very, very impressive. You make your way to your stateroom. What were your thoughts of the stateroom and what kind of stateroom did you have? We had an interior stateroom. We had originally thought of upgrading to a balcony at some point, but as I said, the prices went up, so they pretty quickly we were priced out of it. I was kind of kicking myself for not just booking the balcony to begin yeah. <laughs> with. But uh, we had an interior, and it was nice. You know, they're small, but they make great use of space, plenty of storage, and uh, we've done interiors before and always have had no problem with it. What deck were you on? We were on deck eight, and we were actually right under the, the main pool area. How was, how was that with the trampling of feet and all that? The only time we really heard very much was usually around 11 o'clock. If we were in the cabin then, mm -hmm. uh, we would hear the moving the deck chairs a little bit for maybe 15 minutes, usually after the movie ended. And I think the only time we heard feet was the last night of the cruise. They were having a dance party above us uh -huh. and it was like midnight and it sounded like thunder for about 45 <laughs> minutes. So that was a little annoying, but we just kind of figured out what the heck. We'll just go up and walk around the ship and have some more fun. There you go. Now let's talk about dining aboard Carnival Splendor and we'll start at the top at the, uh, the buffet area and work our way down. So what was your thoughts of the marketplace up there on Lido Deck? I really enjoyed it. I've been on Carnival and Holland America, and my wife has been on pretty much every cruise line, and we've always enjoyed Carnival's Lido deck and you know just the main Lido area and all of the changing menus day to day. In addition to just the regular Lido area, they had the Mongolian Walk, the Tandoori Indian Restaurant, Pizza Pirate, and a burger place. It wasn't Guy's Burgers. Mm -hmm. And we tried everything, and everything was really good. The Indian restaurant at the back was a real standout for us. Very cool. How about the main dining room? How was that for you? We really enjoyed it. They don't have the new American table menus. They have the old ones. And um, I, I enjoyed getting to try those one more time before everything gets switched over. A lot of our you know, standard favorites, the prime rib was excellent. They, it's a longer sailing, so they had the lobster. And the lobster was just out of this world, really perfectly cooked. The service in the main dining room was really excellent. We actually ended up with uh, two different weight teams. We were in late dining mm -hmm. and... There was a table about like two or three tables over from us that was just really, really loud. I mean, to the point that you couldn't even hear yourself think. So we talked to the maitre d' about it. And after a couple of days, he moved us over a little farther away and uh, to a quieter section. In both areas, we got great service and just absolutely loved the food. Was the lobster your favorite dish on there? Probably so. I love lobster and I don't usually get it on land just because it is a little pricier. Mm -hmm. So Usually when I'm on a cruise ship and it gets to be lobster night, I'll order like three of them. Yeah. <laughs> and the that was one. actually quite a revelation for my parents. It was their first cruise. And, you know, when they got to the main dining room, and it really hits home that you're in a restaurant where you just get anything you want. You get as many of them you want. You don't worry about, you know, price or anything like that. It's just there for you if you want to try it. Absolutely. Did you get to try uh, the steakhouse at all on this sailing? We didn't on this sailing. We've no. tried it previously on other carnival ships and enjoyed it, but we decided to stick to the main dining room for this one. Very nice. Well, let's talk about entertainment aboard Carnival Splendor. How was the entertainment for you? We didn't go to a whole lot of it. We went to a couple of comedy shows, and those were very enjoyable, as always, really packed out. We didn't do a whole lot of the shows in the main theater. Uh, I've seen most of them before on other ships, and it's just not really my wife or my parents' thing, so... We did other things at night, although we did do some of the trivia that the cruise director put on and really enjoyed that. I won Star Wars trivia, oh, nice. and then my wife won Harry Potter trivia. And one entertainment thing they had that just made our day was a hula hoop contest, because my wife does hula hoop dancing. It's like all these really fancy tricks where 
you know, they tossed the hoop all over the place. And we saw they had that. And the contest was pretty much just like, how long can you stand up, stand there and keep the hula hoop up? And there were about 30 people competing. And within a minute, everybody had dropped it, except for my wife and this really adorable little girl who also did like a lot of fancy stuff. And they ended up entertaining the entire pool deck for probably about 20 minutes. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, how about, yeah. Did you do any like of the piano bars or music uh, venues around the ship at all? I stepped into the piano bar one time just to check it out because mm-hmm. I'm actually a pianist and a professional musician myself. So I just kind of wanted to scope it out. But it was really, really crowded. And so I just kind of moved on. <laughs> I hear you. There you go. Very nice. Well, let's talk about the Carnival Splendor on your sea days. One thing that really defines a cruise ship is how it behaves at sea with passenger flow, both inside and outside the ship. So how was that for you? I thought it was great. Uh, You know, it's uh, similar to the other Conquest-class ships, similar layout to like the Liberty, the Glory. And I love that layout for a ship. The Splendor is a little bit different. It's a little bigger. It has a larger spa and a uh, covered pool deck in the center that really changes the dynamic of the ship, I thought. Mm-hmm. It's not as open up there, but on our sailing, that worked out well because sailing out of Norfolk in October, we had a few cold sea days. So, you know, for them to be able to close that, it worked well. It had an open back of the ship, and it never really felt too crowded anywhere. I mean, if you went to the main Lido marketplace at noon, you know, you'd see some lines, but the ship sailed I think it was pretty much at capacity, and it mm-hmm. seemed to handle the crowds really well. Very, very smooth flow of traffic, and we were always able to get where we wanted to go and find you know, what we wanted to do very easily. How was the ride over to Bermuda? It was really smooth on the way out. On the way out, we had, I think, three days to get there, so we were going pretty slow. We had the very last night before we arrived, we did go through a little storm where there was a little bit of listing back and forth. It was pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way back was much choppier, though. Gotcha. So you get to Bermuda. How how was Bermuda? I've never been before. I've seen lots of photos and I've heard so much about it. How was your experience there? We had an absolutely fabulous time in Bermuda. It was our first time. And for my wife and I, having done a lot of cruises, we're really used to that, I guess, you know, standard cruise experience. Where you get into a port, you've got maybe eight hours to try to explore it. Mm-hmm. And then you get back on the ship and you go to the next port, which is really, really fun. But in Bermuda, because it's so far out there away from everything, it's the only place we went. So we were there for three days. And so the first thing we did when we got off the ship is we bought a a three-day transit pass, which was I think like $40 per person. And it gets you all over the island on the bus system. And just to have that freedom to really explore the place and not be worrying about getting back to the ship and being a pier runner and waving bye-bye to the ship as it leaves was really cool. And we really felt like we got to know the place a little bit. Did you do any, like, uh, get to check out the the beaches with the pink sand or anything really cool like that? Yeah. Um, the first day, we actually did an, a snorkel excursion, mostly just because it was my parents' first cruise, and we kind of wanted them to get, you know, the like that classic snorkel excursion sure. experience, and that was a really good one. And then we spent the first couple of days mostly on the beaches. I went to Tobacco Bay up in St. George's, which is a really nice just very small cove, really tiny little beach. And there's like a bar and grill there. The snorkeling off the shore was great. We went there also church Bay was our favorite snorkel spot along the South shores. You could pretty much just jump in the water with your own snorkel gear and swim out maybe 50 feet and see some of the most beautiful, vibrant, colorful coral reefs you'll see in the Atlantic. And so that was really cool to be able to just hop off the beach, go out there and see the reefs. That's awesome. How many nights was the ship there? We were there two nights. So we arrived on Monday 
and we were there Monday night, Tuesday night, and we left on Wednesday. And Wednesday was kind of rainy, and so instead of the beach, we explored the cities, Hamilton and St. George's. Uh, I checked out some of the cathedrals. They've got these really cool buildings, and then went to the uh, original Gosling's Rum store, where Gosling's Rum got started, and picked up a few rums that you can't find uh, in the U.S. This might be a stupid question, but do they accept the U.S. dollar there? Yes, they do. They and do. they keep their own currency yeah. at, okay. you know, matched to the U.S. dollar. Okay. And so you can pay U.S. money pretty much anywhere. Cool. Very nice. Well, it sounds like you had a great time. Uh, in closing here, do you have any first-time tips for people who are either sailing to Bermuda or sailing Carnival Splendor? If it's your first time in Carnival Splendor, I would say if you want a great place to sit when you're having lunch up in the Lido area, go to the back of the ship, up to Deck 10. It's never as crowded back there. There's also some really cool areas at the front of the ship I think on decks um, five, six, seven, and nine, if you go all the way to the front, there's these huge wraparound balconies that are open to the public and nobody seems to know about them. So you mm-hmm. can get a lot of peace and quiet up there. Other than that, it's just a great ship. I'd say, you know, have fun, enjoy yourselves. Uh, definitely for people going to Bermuda, I recommend the transit pass because you can get everywhere on the island with that thing. And um, if you're on a Bermuda cruise, you're probably going to be there for a few days. Very good advice. We've been talking to James. He just returned from a seven-night Bermuda cruise on Carnival Splendor out of Norfolk. James, thanks for being on the show and sharing your review. Have a great evening, buddy. Thank you. You too. All right. The Princess Cruise's 50th anniversary birthday party celebration anniversary wrapping up right now. And our West Coast correspondent, Jason Coleman, is checking in one last time. What's up, Jason? Hey, Doug. Jason Coleman calling back in one last time as I leave the Port of Los Angeles from the Princess Cruise's 50th anniversary love boat celebration. And let me tell you, what a fantastic and memorable event to be a part of today. I was so honored to get this invitation. It was really cool to see the cast of the Love Boat series, interacting with the princess executives and the travel agents and the press and the media and even the guests who are on board for this 50th anniversary sailing. Uh, The ship is leaving this afternoon for a 14-night voyage uh, and all the cast will be on board for the the cruise. It was really a fabulous day of, of activities and events. Um, honoring the 50 years of Princess. You know, Gavin McLeod at his, uh, in some of his remarks said that the magic behind the love boat was that it gave people an opportunity to dream. You know, as opposed to the what we see on TV these days and in the news. And that's what re- that's what Princess is, is all about. And, and so it was fantastic to be a part of. Uh, the 50th anniversary celebration events will continue on for a few more months, so there's still an opportunity to get on board and see what's what's new with the Curtis Stone menus and the chocolate sailings and uh, the Stephen Schwartz shows. So check it out. Princess Cruises. Uh, 50 years and uh, looking forward to 50 more. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.